The Devils were able to make a minor signing. However, it could have major upside. And also, let's go into more detail as to why I felt as though Miles Wood should have been shut down for the entirety of this season. We have a lot to discuss in this episode. Buckle up. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chalky, play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And today, the New Jersey Devils made a minor signing. So, at the time of recording, they signed Brian Hallinan, a college free agent winger out of Michigan Tech, to a two-year entry-level contract starting with the 2022-2023 NHL season. He will sign his American Hockey League Amateur Trial Contract, or ATO for short, and report to Utica this week. So here's what you get out of uh, Hallinan. So he actually has very good offensive production. So this past season, while playing for Michigan Tech, he appeared in 37 games. He had 21 goals, 23 assists for a grand total of 44 points. Last season, he appeared in 28 games. He had 8 goals, 10 assists for a grand total of 18 points. But I think the most staggering thing about Hallinan is his plus minus because while he put up 44 points, he had a plus minus of plus 21. So you get good production out of Hallinan. And here's the thing, guys. Um, He finished sixth in the NCAA in goals, eighth in total points, and first in five-on-five goals. And he was recently nominated as a top 10 finalist uh, for an award in which it it annually gives to the NCAA's top player in Division I men's ice hockey. And uh, additionally, he was named uh, the All-Central Collegiate Hockey Association first team after he led uh, the CCHA in points and goals in conference games. So, Here's the thing about the signing for Hallinan. He's six foot and he weighs 215 pounds and he's played in 138 total games over a span of a four-year collegiate career. Um, but, the, but the thing is, is like, you know, this is a minor signing. This really helps Utica, if anything. I'm not really expecting much from this signing, but, you know, it's something and something to keep an eye out for next year. Like I said, he puts up very good production. He's six feet and he weighs 215 pounds. So, at the end of the day, you know, maybe he could potentially be a sniper for Utica. But like I said, this is more of a signing for their team uh, compared to ours. Then, But, you know, maybe the Devils are just looking for that diamond in the rough once again because that's what the Devils are notoriously known for. So, once again, this signing of Hallonen, uh is a minor deal for the New Jersey Devils that could potentially have major upside for them. But at the same time... He does have some potential. I will say that because, once again, he finished sixth in the NCAA in goals, eighth in total points, and first in five-on-five goals. But in the meantime, I'll see what he does for Utica. This is something that I'll keep an eye out for when training camp comes around next season and maybe see, like, does he have potential? Could he potentially do something for the New Jersey Devils? But at the end of the day, this is just a minor signing. This is a low-risk, high-reward kind of deal for the New Jersey Devils, but it's something to keep an eye out for, but nothing to, you know, break the bank over or nothing to get too excited for. So once again, I just felt like it was worth talking about because uh, I read his story. I looked at his stats and I thought it was quite interesting. So uh, that that's something to keep an eye out for for next year. So Hallinan uh, for Utica right now, once again, he'll report this week to Utica uh, and he will sign his American Hockey League amateur trial contract. So we'll see what happens. But at the end of the day, I'm not really expecting much from him. Now, 
Uh, in yesterday's episode, guys, I talked about Miles Wood and I talked about his return to the New Jersey Devils lineup. Now, here's the thing, guys. I am a big fan of Miles Wood. I love what he brings to the organization, but I feel as though the better case scenario for him right now is just to shut him down for the rest of the year just due to the fact that we're throwing him back into the fire when there's really no reason to throw him back into the fire because here's the fact of the matter. You know, we don't have that many games remaining on our schedule. We're not going to the playoffs, and so many of these guys are already in a groove, and we're bringing up a couple of people from Utica just to give them some NHL reps, it's really doing Miles Wood a disservice because he's not really going to be given the full chance just to show what he's still capable of doing for our team. And I just feel as though that's unfair to him. And I just feel as though since, you know, he's not really going to have that many options come free agency because he is going to be a restricted free agent at the conclusion of the season. I just feel as though like maybe uh, just let him Uh, come back to the Devils organization next year and then come back fully healthy so that way, you know, he gets a clean slate and everybody, uh, you know, starts off the season on the right note. So I just feel as though, you know, just playing Miles Wood right now just does really nothing to us. And then you run the risk of maybe hurting him once again because the Devils have been battling injuries this year and I don't want another injury to Miles Wood. It's one of the things that frustrated me this season was because he got hurt during preseason and it's one of the reasons why I don't like, uh, you know, some of our top-notch players playing in um, in exhibition games just because it's a high-risk, low-reward type of scenario. But I'll talk about where I'm going with this uh, point momentarily. But first, it's time for the first live read this morning. And it comes from our friends at BetOnline.net. So after months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. And I'm actually going to the Final Four games in a couple days. I leave for New Orleans on Thursday. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from all of the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. And now the second live read this morning comes from our friends at rockauto.com, an OG sponsor of the network. So with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter or the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30% 50% or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every consumer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, and motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com everybody so where was i going with the whole miles wood situation why am i bringing up something that i mentioned in yesterday's episode well here's the thing guys so according uh to reports the cap will go up 1 million next year to 82.5 million in the nhl alex chavansi a former colleague of mine at the hockey riders responded by tweeting out the new jersey devils project to have 22.8 million in cap space as it stands they're fine cap wise but there are a lot of other teams 
who are not and will have to move good players if you catch my drift. So what is Alex trying to say? Well, he's been saying what I've been saying on this show for the past couple weeks, which is the New Jersey Devils have the capability to make some major roster moves or they just have more flexibility in terms of their overall roster structure compared to some other teams in the NHL because you look at a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs, they need to shed a lot of cap because they have a lot of good players and they can't afford to keep every single player on their roster. And the same can be said for the Vancouver Canucks. So, you know, those are just a couple of teams, for example, that have trouble in terms of the overall cap. And another team that comes to mind is the Edmonton Oilers. They're very top heavy, but at the same time, they can never just fill out their roster because once again, they're very top heavy. So they don't really have the flexibility to, you know, flesh out their roster. So the New Jersey Devils should be uh, thankful that they're in a situation in which they do have the flexibility and they could potentially make some moves because, you know, we talked about Mackenzie Blackwood, we talked about Pavel Zaka, we talked about Andreas Janssen, we talked about, uh, you know, P.K. Subban and his contract coming to an end. So overall, you know, where am I going with this? Well, Alex Shavansi responded in a series of tweets saying like, you know, he's confident that Zaka might not be coming back to the New Jersey Devils. And he says that, you know, the Devils might not go long-term with Wood after the hip surgery. He might have to take his qualifying offer and play for that uh, 2022-2023 season. So here's the thing, guys. It's another example in which I say that maybe just shutting down Miles Wood for the rest of the year isn't that bad of an idea because, look, we don't have to sign him to a long-term deal. Miles Wood is not going to be looking for that because he knows he's not really in a favorable situation because, think about it, he had to endure a hip surgery this past season and Overall, you know, Miles Wood is that kind of player that falls under the radar. So do you really think that Miles Wood has all these these options to look ahead to? Because I personally don't think so. That's why I feel as though he's going to take that qualifying offer and then he's going to try to play his heart out next year to see, you know, what could potentially happen with him being on the Devils roster. Now, do I think the New Jersey Devils will go long term with Miles Wood? Well, you know, that that's a little murky in my opinion because the thing about Miles Wood is that I love what he brings to the team. That's one of the reasons why I want him to not play the rest of the year because I want what's best for his career because I personally love Miles Wood on this team and I feel as though he's that kind of player that does the dirty work. Now, I'm so glad that Mikey McLeod and Nathan Bastian are finally coming into fruition in terms of establishing themselves as their own players despite them not you know, being the most productive guys on the roster. But at the same time, who is that person who really, you know, jump kicked their careers? It was Miles Wood because Miles Wood was paired alongside Nathan Bastian and Mikey McLeod. And it should be no surprise that, you know, the overall production from Nathan Bastian, he was able to, you know, be tops in rookies last year for uh, hits. And then you saw Miles uh, Wood just, you know, being that kind of a worm type of player, you know, the player that gets under your skin, the player who's not afraid to, you know, rub you the wrong way, a player who's not afraid to take the hard falls. He's not afraid to hit people back. He's not afraid to get into fights himself. And then you look at Mikey McLeod, he was tops on the team last year in faceoffs, and he continues to do well in the faceoff category. So it helps that the super buddies of Bastion and McLeod have good chemistry with one another. But at the same time, I feel as though Miles Wood is a glue piece that put them together and, Uh, That line last year was one of our more consistent lines. That's why they were playing top minutes towards the end of the season. Now, it helped that the New Jersey Devils were bringing up a lot of people from the Binghamton Devils at the time. But still, uh, the fact of the matter is is that that was one of our most consistent lines. And according to reports, Lindy Ruff doesn't uh, number his lines. So it didn't matter if that was the third or fourth line, whatever the case might be. They were playing uh, the most minutes at times just because they were our more more consistent line. So at the end of the day, guys, I feel as though Miles Wood, it's a little murky to see if he'll be signed 
into a long-term deal. But at the same time, I just feel as though we shouldn't count him out or we shouldn't just say that he won't be signed long-term for the Devils. Like, I, I get it. That hip surgery is going to put him back, and it does put him into an unfavorable position. But at the same time, this could work into our benefit because it's one of the reasons why I say shut him down for the rest of the year, which is, you know, he's not pressured to come back. He's not pressured to put up some uh, decent numbers because at the same time, he's put into an unfavorable position just due to the fact of the matter is that uh, the Devils are, were like 66 games in. We don't have many games remaining on the schedule. Uh, a lot of these guys, including like Jack Hughes, Jesper Brat, they have settled in nicely into their roles and just trying to get Miles Wood accommodated into it. I feel like that's just doing him a disservice. There's really no reason to, you know, bring back Miles Wood. And there's no reason to rush Pavel Zaka either, who we'll talk about later in this episode. So overall, guys, I just feel as though shutting down Miles Wood, that's the best case scenario. And I still stick by my stance just because, look, I get he's a restricted free agent, but at the same time, he just had hip surgery, guys, and, you know, uh, his overall pr production is not all that impressive uh, from a number standpoint. Like, you know, look, I'm just looking at what he's been doing uh, the past few years, and we know what he's capable of doing. Like, he's sort of, the, once again, like I said at the beginning of the episode when I was talking about that uh, sign that the New Jersey Devils did, diamond in the rough type of player. That's what the New Jersey Devils are known for doing these past couple years, which is just finding uh, players that fall underneath the radar and Miles Wood is one of those players because Miles Wood despite having some decent production he's a name that doesn't really get brought up in trade discussions all that often because it just seems as though other teams aren't aware of his overall production or capability because you know last season he appeared in 55 games he had 17 goals 18 assists for a grand total of 25 points now he led our team in goals alongside Pavel Zaka last season now if you inflate the season from 55 games to 82 games Miles Wood has a career year no ifs, ands, or buts about it, but no one's really talking about that. And like I said, I love Miles Wood. I love what he brings to this roster. I love what he brings to this team. But the fact of the matter is, guys, he's going to accept his qualifying offer and he's going to return to the New Jersey Devils because I don't think he has that many options to choose from in overall production. But the one thing I could say about Miles Wood, and I'll, I'll remain positive because, like I said, I don't want anyone to think that uh, I'm viewing Miles Wood returning as a negative because I don't. I just want what's best for him and his career and what you know he could potentially do for the future of the organization. But at the same time, uh, you know, I, I'll try to remain positive. What's the one thing I've been saying that the New Jersey Devils needed uh, leading up to the trade deadline? I said, yes, they need a couple of good players. They need good goaltending. But at the same time, they need more options to choose from because it seems like the Devils were scarce at times because they were either battling COVID, injuries, or both. And sometimes we just didn't have the options to choose from. And we had to just roll out different line combinations night in and night out. So getting Miles Wood back. So the one thing I say about Miles Wood is that, yes, he's sort of that worm type of player. He gets under your skin. He's not afraid to uh, ruffle your feathers. He's not afraid to do the dirty work. I saw in that last game against Montreal Canadiens, he had a big hit. And, you know, like I said, I was like, welcome back, Miles Wood. That's what we kind of needed. We kind of need that spark underneath us to uh, jumpstart us in the right way. But don't let Miles Wood's uh, physicality distract you from the fact that he actually could put up some decent offensive production. So once again, I love that we have that option. Once again, we get some more decent offensive production from a player. And at the same time, it just gives us more options to work with. So once again, I'm not trying to be negative about Miles Wood and his overall return. This is a good thing. And I'm glad that he's back. But 
like I said, and I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, I just feel as though shutting him down for the rest of the year was just the best case scenario in terms of uh, what he could potentially do next year if he's a 100%. Now, I'm, I'm sure he is like, you know, close to 100%. I don't think the New Jersey Devils were any rush to bring him back. They were very cautious in his overall approach. But at the same time, I just feel as though, you know, what, what is he going to do with the so few little games that we have left on the schedule? That's just my overall question. What difference does it make? We should just, you know, uh, just bring him back next year when he's fully healthy and ready to go and he gets a clean slate. So I don't want to put him into an unfavorable uh, situation where the odds are stacked against him because I actually do want him to succeed. And I think this is the last time I'm going to talk about it for a minute because I did talk about it in yesterday's episode. But like I said, the centerpiece of yesterday's episode was the overall recap of of the New Jersey Devils playing the Canadians and the Capitals. So I felt as though talking about Miles Wood and his overall situation uh, better suits today's episode just because I can make it a center point. And I can also talk about the overall cap situation in the NHL and talk about uh, the Devils uh, cap wiggle room uh, this upcoming offseason. So let's talk about practice for the final segment of this show, shall we? So Amanda Stein tweeted out during the New Jersey Devils practice that this might be the healthiest we've seen the New Jersey Devils this year. Mackenzie Blackwood remains out, but this is pretty damn close to as healthy as they've been. However, uh, she might have jinxed herself an hour later because Pavel Zaka apparently left practice early. And uh, the jinx part, that's her words, not mine. So I hope for the best for Pavel Zaka. But it seems as though his days as a New Jersey Devil are coming quickly to an end. And it doesn't look like it's going to end on a pretty good note. So hoping for the best for Pavel Zaka. But we'll see what happens to him once the offseason starts to roll over. But at the same time, guys, I I, I think Pavel Zaka, he, he should be counting his blessings right now. Because I think him being in a Devil's uniform are quickly coming to an end once again. But we'll see what happens. But the New Jersey Devils had three goalies on the ring for today's practice they had Nico Dawes John Gillies who sucks and also Andrew Hammond now Andrew Hammond is still not clear to play quite yet but he did say this uh to the media today he said I feel good obviously got through practice and that was kind of the first step so he called today a positive day so we're hoping for the best in terms of the overall recovery for Andrew Hammond and look guys I, I, if I said it once, I said it a thousand times. I don't think the New Jersey Devils would be stupid enough to trade for a player that they felt as though had no chance to play for the rest of the season. So I'm hoping that Andrew Hammond can return, if not uh, in our next game against the Boston Bruins, the game after that. So hopefully uh, the next time we see Andrew Hammond, it'll be April 2nd against the Florida Panthers because quite honestly, guys, we seriously need to give Nico Dawes an off night because he's been overworked right now. And uh, he deserves a couple days off in a row. So hopefully Andrew Hammond can return uh, ASAP. So once again, our next game is against the Boston Bruins. So I'm hoping that we can see Andrew Hammond April 2nd against the Florida Panthers. But like I said, cannot confirm or deny anything. I'm just assuming. So uh, Andrew Hammond still making decent progress in terms of his overall um, debut for the New Jersey Devils. Looking forward to it. But like I said, he's still dealing with that lower body issue. So we'll see what happens. But Overall, guys, uh, I'm glad that the New Jersey Devils are somewhat healthy again. And, uh, you know, I talked about Pavel Zaka counting his blessings. Well, maybe we should be counting our blessings, too, because this season has been very hectic for the New Jersey Devils. Now, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent right now. I feel as though the New Jersey Devils would be in a better situation had they not dealt with any injuries and had their COVID issues been dealt to a minimal. So 
But the fact of the matter is, guys, that Jack Hughes is one of the better offensive players in the entire NHL, and I firmly believe that. The only reason why his stats don't reflect it or why pe- more people aren't really talking about his overall production is just because, you know, he missed a good chunk of the season early on due to that shoulder injury, and it still hurts me that no one is really talking about Jesper Bratt and his overall production, but, you know, I was reading some of the uh, comment sections from the uh, last couple of episodes, and one comment uh, stood out to me saying that, you know, the New Jersey Devils would be in a much better position in terms of closing out games if they had decent goaltending. And that's not a knock at Nico Dawes, but at the same time, you know, he can only do so much because he's still a young goalie. But at the same time, I think we found something special in Nico Dawes, guys, and I and I genuinely believe that. So maybe he could potentially be our backup next year if Jonathan Bernier decides to retire, whatever the case might be. Nothing is confirmed, nothing is denied either. But uh, here's Nico Dawes' overall stats. He has a record of 8-8. Eight and eight. He has appeared in 18 games. He has a goals against average of 3.05 and a save percentage of 900. Like I said, nothing impressive, but he's still uh, raw in terms of talent. So he still has a lot to develop. So overall, I'm looking for for the future of Nico Dawes. But at the same time, we've just put him in a position that he has no business in being right now. He was not anticipating to be the starting goalie for the Devils. But I'm just so uh, grateful that the Devils were able to get Andrew Hammond. It's not the biggest trade in the world, but at the same time, it's still something, to say the least. That That's all we need. We just needed something just to save face. So that way we could give Nico Dawes uh, a couple days off and not have to worry about John Gillies being in net. But overall, guys, you know, I talked about this momentarily, but the future is bright for the New Jersey Devils. Now we just got to, you know, put the pawns into the right direction, if, if that makes sense. And overall, I, I mean that the salary cap is what it is for the New Jersey Devils because, like I said, according to Alex Chavansi, uh they project to have $22.8 million in cap. And, you know, they're going to be in a situation where they can potentially make a a big deal during the course of the offseason and get a big name player, maybe. And I have the utmost faith in Tom Fitzgerald to actually get the job done. But we'll see what happens. And we still have a lot of talent in Utica to look forward to. We have some of our big name players like Alexander Holtz, Riley Walsh, Kevin Ball. You know, Kevin Ball is right now in the NHL right now. But still, you get the point of what I'm trying to say. And then you got someone like Brian Hallinan, who I just literally talked about at the beginning of this episode. You know, I don't anticipate pay much from him but he could be a diamond in the rough I don't know but the future is bright for the New Jersey Devils guys and I'm just so glad that the Devils are healthy minus uh Blackwood Bernier and Zaka for right now but I'm so glad that the New Jersey Devils are back to like I'd say 95 percent full strength so We'll see what happens, but I was just so glad to read that tweet from Amanda Stein that it really just shone a light on me and just said, you know what, the Devils are actually heading in the right direction, and I'm excited to see what they could do, but let's close out the season strong, and, you know, we'll go down swinging. That's what uh, the old saying is in baseball. If you're going to strike out, at least go down swing so you put up a decent fight. So let me know what you guys think about the uh, Hallinan signing. Let me know what you think about Miles Wood, and also just let me know what you guys think about the Devils in general. I would love to hear your guys' opinions, so hit up the show's Twitter page at Locked on devils and then hit up my personal twitter page at traymat4 if you're watching on youtube leave a comment down below so close to 100 subscribers maybe before this episode goes live i'll reach it already but thank you guys for the support it's been uh it's been growing steadily and i'm and i'm really happy with where youtube is taking me right now so really appreciate that but as for today's episode that's all the time i have for you guys today so continue to stay safe have a wonderful day new jersey go devils and i'll catch you guys in the next episode thanks for listening